grinding my teeth to a rhythm invisible. I use my feet to crush the Hello and welcome to the Antifada, where unrest is best. I'm Jamie Peck. I'm here with returning guest Heather Fortune. And Sean and Andy are not here because men don't get to have opinions up Fiona Apple. (laughs) Yeah, they don't. (laughs) That's right. That's right, folks. It is another music and pop culture episode because, you know, there's nothing much happening in the news right now. I figure we might as well uh, just just retreat to the realm of culture. I mean, what else what else is there to do at this point? It's all looking at the news is just like taking tiny bits of cyanide every day with your tea at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, time has get, uh, have you been having this experience where you start looking at your phone or looking at Twitter or looking at the news or whatever, and then like five hours have gone by and you're like, what the fuck just oh, yeah. happened? Time it is no longer a concept that I'm able to fathom or keep track of in any capacity like I have no idea right now I only know what day it is right now because we had to plan this otherwise I it could be Saturday I don't know I mean according to Liam Gallagher it's always (laughs) Thursday so yeah (laughs) just like that I mean if you have to be stuck on a day it might as well be a Saturday right yeah I guess I, I just really liked the fact that Liam decided that it was Thursday at 2019 and it was like he tweeted it on like a Sunday and he was like I don't know what's going on basically and he was like but I know it's a, I love Thursdays or something like that <laughs> so funny he that's would. news as far as I'm concerned now like at this point like that's all I really care about what's Liam Gallagher saying on Twitter Fair enough. Didn't he do some bizarre, like, hand-washing video, or am I thinking of someone else? No, he did. Yeah. Where he sang, I think, the chorus to uh, Champagne Supernova or something. He sang the chorus to an Oasis song that was, like, the time that lapsed, like, the amount of time that you need to continue washing your hands for it to be effective. And then he, like, called everyone cunts or something. He was like, wash your hands, you cunts. Something like that. Ah, it was lovely. It was love lovely. it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see another one of your uh, boyfriends? Um, no, nope, nope. Sadly, I've not had the opportunity to date Liam Gallagher. I don't think we would. I don't. I don't. I don't really want to date him. I just want to hang out. You yeah, know? yeah. He seems like he'd be fun as like a sometimes friend. Maybe don't want to get too involved in, like, the dramatic details of his life. I don't know. He's, he, I, I don't even think he's really that. He's, he's way more, like, zen and chill than peop- I think he seems. I think he just, like, doesn't give a fuck and, like, never has. So he just will say whatever he wants. And he's just really funny. So, I don't know. He's just got that, like, kind of British, like, slightly aggressive but in this sort of chill laid back he's like a british california hybrid person or something like his vibe is to me i just find him to be absolutely hilarious every interview every thing like the the oasis documentary and stuff um supersonic or whatever it was called uh came out a couple years ago i just i mean i can't understand a word he fucking says but i'm laughing fair enough 
you know who else doesn't give a fuck? Fiona Apple. And we're going to talk about her in a little mm-hmm. bit. But first, I'd like to do a bit of a check-in. You are speaking to me from Michigan, no. No, correct? No, I'm in Chicago. No. Oh, I thought you went to... Why did I think you went to I Michigan? had to quarantine in, in uh, Detroit for... Oh my God, this bird is so pretty. Sorry. Um, I had to... Qu- <laughs> this is a problem for me now with the birds outside my window. Um, I had to go to, to Detroit first and like quarantine there before I could come back around my family. Um, but now I'm back in Chicago where my family lives. Well, that's nice. You've been uh, keeping busy, staying sane in the choir. What have you been up to? I feel like I know what you've been up to online because I see your posts. I have not been staying sane. No, uh, haven't been doing that. I've... I don't know. I've been tweeting. I've been watching The Sopranos. Um, been doing a little painting, but nothing to write home about. Um, just, you know, trying out Tinder for the first time in my life. That's been a real, a real journey. And, you know, just like FaceTiming with people or whatever. Zoom, Zoom call after Zoom call. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what have you been doing? Yeah. Uh, well, I've actually been kind of busy, uh, which, you know, it's annoying. I don't get to have the, like, chill going insane experience that a lot of my friends have been having in the choir. It's more of like a whirlwind of activity. Um, but, like, once a week, I try to take a nice long bike ride somewhere, get some exercise, get some fresh air. Um, This past weekend, for instance, I took a socially distanced bike ride to Flushing Meadows Park with a couple of my friends. I saw the Unisphere and the New York State Pavilion. You may recognize them from the movie Men in Black. Uh, Yeah. It's a pretty cool park. We rode around the lake a little bit. Um, No one was following the rules. It was somewhat alarming. There was like a really lit cumbia party going on. Just like people hanging out without any masks on. Um, The cops weren't doing anything. And that's fine. Because when the cops do things, it's bad. Uh, But I was still a little bit like, "Eh, I don't know about this. But like, I'm a hypocrite because I was there too. And like, I was trying to bike with a mask on. But eventually I got sick of it. Um... Maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, and then we had a little socially distanced... Uh, fuck, I, sh- I should not even be telling people this. For the first time, for the first time since this whole thing went down, I went over to my friend's house, got stoned on the roof, uh, ate some tacos, watched Jurassic Park. Oh, we were, um, we were biking home from the park with our backpacks on, and our masks on at 7 p.m. when it was like clap for essential workers hour. And people were definitely clapping for us. And I, I didn't want them to. I was like, no, it's, but like, you know, you can't really, can't really say stuff. You're on a bike. People are in the window. So we definitely stole some essential worker valor. And I feel bad about that. And I'm sorry. But then we, uh, we decided to support a local business. We got some drinks to go and drank them. In public, which is like the one silver lining to this whole thing is like, I feel like 
New York's getting pretty chill about open container laws and it may not go back to normal after that. But we did not congregate outside the bar. All of these fucking assholes over the weekend. It was nice out. They were just trying to go to the bar and hang out drinking outside of the bar, which totally defeats the point of closing down the bars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can you do? All you can do is try to do your your best as an individual. You can't, I don't know. I see a lot of people spending a lot of time getting really mad online about like things like this. And it's like, this is not, there's nothing we can do about it. If these people want to run around without masks on, pretending there's not a global pandemic happening, it's like, we can't stop them. Unless, unless we, unless we actually want like martial law and like, you know, all this, all that shit to happen. So, and I don't, I don't think either of us present here do. So, you know, and we've seen, we've seen how it goes when the cops do try to enforce it. And it looks a lot like the cops beating up young men of color. Yeah. That seems to be happening. That seems to be happening at an alarming rate in New York from what I've seen. Yeah, like something like 90, 90 something percent of the social distancing arrests in Brooklyn have been people of color. And Brooklyn is half white people. So that's not surprising, but it's crazy. Yeah, I saw some cops in 7-Eleven the other day and I was, you know, I was wearing a mask and they, they have like the space between customers thing and whatever and the people working there wearing masks and there are these two cops that came in they weren't wearing fucking masks and they're just like walking around willy-nilly and i was just like really wanted to say something to them but i just avoid cops like the plague pretty much literally i mean that's yeah that's a very literal statement right now i avoid cops like the plague <laughs> indeed I also avoid cops like I avoid the plague. Mm. Uh, So here's... I'm going to speak about this in a general way because I don't want to uh, be talking shit on anyone. But, like, say someone has a girlfriend, right? Who doesn't live with them? And they're staying over. They're staying over at their house. Then maybe he stays over at his girlfriend's house for a while. Maybe his girlfriend comes back and stays over at his house. And say there's another guy who's single, like, is he allowed to have one or two friends that he sees on the regs? Like, it seems a little unfair that people who are in relationships are just, like, allowed to see each other, no questions asked. But people who maybe have more meaningful relationships with a close friend or two are somehow, like, sus. Like, what kind of social interaction are single people entitled to have during this? I mean, I don't know. It's it's, it's This is something that we've as collectively you know as a society as a you know we've never experienced anything like this really so we're there is no correct way to do any like i don't think anybody has any definitive answers about any of this stuff i mean i what do i think i think that if you're being like as reasonably safe and responsible as possible you're following the guidelines you're wearing the mask when you go out in public you're washing your hands you're not like gathering in crowds um i think at this point i don't really think it's that i don't know i think it's okay to see one person at a time every now and then as long as you know you're just mindful about 
who you're interacting with and who they're going to be interacting with. And like, you know, I, I just, it's, there's only, people can't just live in pods forever. I mean, maybe they can if they're like rich and like libs or whatever, but like the rest of us, I'm not going to be a fucking pod person. So, you know, that's me. <laughs> You're canceled. We're both canceled I don't care. Now. Cancel okay. me. It's, 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 this is the time to be canceled. Like, it matters anyway. The whole world's canceled. Look like I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> everything is yeah, canceled. Who cares? If everything is canceled, then it ceases to mean anything, really. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Cancel not, lest ye be canceled. We're all canceled. That's what happened. We The cance- canceling got out of control, and then you know what happened? God came down and smited us with the ultimate cancellation. Canceled life. <laughs> Indeed. I, I've been pretty good about wearing a mask, though, when I go into public places, especially indoors. Um, you may or may not know this about me, but I am the president and CEO of Antifa. So I've been wearing a mask for a pretty long time. I'm used to it. I like it. And now I feel very comfortable that everyone else is wearing a mask, too. <laughs> Wait, I can't tell if that's irony or not. The president and CEO of Antifa, you're, being, you're, you're kidding, right? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there are people who tweet at me and my podcast because we're called the Antifada right. and they're trying to tweet at Antifa, but they just tweet at us and they like think that I'm like the president of Antifa or something. <laughs> like a lot of MAGA chuds and That's stuff. pretty funny. I definitely know uh, other people that I would think of as like the quote unquote president and like girl boss or whatever of Antifa way before I would ever put you in that category. <laughs> Well, then I guess I've done something right. <laughs> yeah. You know, got to be got to be on the DL. Also, you know, it kind of reminds me of like cyber goths at the club. Ugh. So like I've seen I've seen some uh, some examples, some some uh, pictures, mock ups. I don't know what you call them of like this protective clubbing gear that people are supposed to wear to be safe when we go back to the clubs. And it, it just looks like cyber goth to me. See, a part of me is like really into that. Like the part of me that loves the matrix, you know, is like really into that mm-hmm. aesthetically. But the part of me that lived through like the late nineties, early two thousands, like cyber goth, mall goth, like online goth, like white girls with synthetic dreads and like eyebrows shaved off and like that whole mm. moon boots and that whole thing is absolutely like horrified by it. It's a very fine line for me between like what's acceptable in the realm of cyber goth aesthetics and what makes me just want to vomit all over the place. And, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that that's the civilized world can, <laughs> can toe the line between what is aesthetically, uh, pleasing and what is trash, but knowing Knowing people, that's probably not going to happen. I got a latex, black latex uh, face mask that is very chic. I love it. (laughs) You know, if we have to wear a mask, I feel like we might as well make it look as cool as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, pandemic, but fashion, I guess. What choice do we have at this point? At first, I thought it was ridiculous. You know, the first couple of weeks, I was like... People are trying to profit off of this, off of mask making and like trying to make them into a fashion accessory. This is 
fucking bullshit. I know people in, you know, uh, in Japan and other cultures have been into masks for a long time, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about, like, hip, white, like, you know, clothing people, like, just jumped at the opportunity to, like, sell $70 face masks with, like, stupid graphics on them or whatever. And I was really miffed by that. But now that it just keeps going and going and going and there's no end in sight, it's like, well, I guess this is just going to be integrated into how we present ourselves, like, for the foreseeable future. So what choice do we have but to uh, use the mask as an accessory? I mean, when in Rome... When life hands you lemons, when life hands you masks, make it cool. I don't know. It sucks. But uh, we're trying. We're trying our best. So um, how's uh, I'm curious. How is the tindering going in the choir? Are you going on like virtual dates or whatever? I have a friend. I have a friend who went and got his antibody test so that he could hook up with someone, which, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I that's, guess. That's that's devotion right there. Respect. Um, I need to get one of those because that would be helpful. Uh, yeah. Well, they say that they're not very good yet and that we should wait. Like oh, thousands of people got tested at CityMD and they told them that they were immune, which is just not oh, true. Shit. Wow. Um, well, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had some, done some virtual dating, nothing too promising has happened yet. I mean, I don't really want to date is the thing. Like I'm trying to find like a core husband. Like I don't really, I'm not really interested in like hooking up with like just randoms or whatever. Like I, so I'm not really sweating that like, you know, masturbation exists. It's fine. But, but I am lonely, you know, um, And I was at a place in my life where I wanted to, like, possibly get married, um, you know, as of the last year or two. So uh, it's not really any different. It's just now it's a lot harder to do that because I'm used to, like, being out in the world and just sort of magnetically being drawn to or whatever people. And now I can't do that. So I have no choice but to turn... To dating apps, which I absolutely detest, but I don't know. It's kind of all right. It's lately. It's like everyone's on there now because we're all everyone's, you know, fucked. So yeah. we're not fucked. Not yep. not fucked. Actually, literally un unfucked. So what do you what do you do? You know. Yeah, I feel like uh, people go through cycles of being wildly horny and wildly not horny yeah. during this social isolation period. Yeah. I know yeah. I do. I feel like the the kids are definitely not ready to hear about mom and dad having a love life after the split. So also my dad's probably listening. So I'm not going to say shit about this. Yeah. Well, shit. But, uh, it, can, it can be nice. It can be nice. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. It, uh, the choir can definitely make or break a relationship if that's the only person that you're allowed to see. And some people are finding it 
horrible. Like, oh, wait, actually, I don't like you at all. I think a lot of, um, I read a lot of Chinese couples file for divorce immediately as soon as the quarantine was lifted there. <laughs> that's sad, but it's also like hilarious. <laughs> or conversely, it could bring you closer together. So good luck, yeah, everybody. Good luck out there. <laughs> so let's see. Um, I saw that you found some kittens. Mm. You want to tell me a little bit about that? I'm a very, uh, a very much cat person. I like dogs too, but I've always had cats and I love well, cats. I, I love animals in general. Um, there's, I've been doing a lot of bird watching as you know, you heard me exclaim about this really pretty bird that showed up um, earlier, but yeah, so we are a pro bird yeah, podcast. Yeah, I love birds. Absolutely love them. There are some really beautiful like uh, cedar waxwings that live in this tree right in front of me and this from outside this window, and I'm obsessed with them. Um, but yeah, so... I'm trying to show you my bird tattoo oh. <laughs> right now. I put a bird on it. Cute. Um, yeah, last week I was having a terrible week. I was just like really, really depressed. It was like a very, it was one of the darkest weeks of choir for me on an, on an emotional level for whatever reason. And, um, and then I went outside to mow the lawn. I made myself do it. And then when I was putting the lawnmower away in the shed, I discovered, um, like out of the corner of my eye in this little corner area of the backyard where there's a, we have a bunch of cinder blocks piled up, um, these little fuzzy heads poking out and it was like a, a gaggle of kittens like a couple weeks old and Aww. you know I of course like lost my mind and the last four or five days since I discovered them has they my entire life revolves around them like I'm trying to socialize them trying to get them to trust me the mom is still present too and I, I had been feeding her um for weeks before I knew there were kittens involved. I didn't even realize that there were kittens. They were hiding. They're probably newborns or whatever. Um, so the mom's cool with me. There's the dad is around too, but he's like way less present, but he appears every now and then they all hang out together. It's like a family in the backyard. Typical. I know, right. But at least he's, at least he's still around. Um, and yeah, it's just been great. Like I feed them, you know, several times a day and I'm trying to lure them, get them used to going into this cat carrier. So that way, eventually when I try and wean and, and get them, you know, fostered and stuff, uh, it won't be such a big nightmare. And, um, but it's been raining a lot. So it's been hard to like consistently interact with them. So, uh, yeah, but it's been, it's been great. I mean, every morning now I wake up and like shoot out of bed and you know, get the kitten food that I, you know, that I went and bought and go outside and like, be like kitties and put out the food and then I hide and I wait and watch them come out and they're so cute. Yeah. I had a similar experience uh, recently and, or not that recently. I mean, what is time? It was in my old apartment where Sean and I used to live and we had a backyard that was very very wild and full of garbage and wildlife, like, you know, raccoons and rats and stuff. Uh, people would just, like, throw their trash <laughs> back there. And I, too, discovered a brood of kittens um, with a feral mom. 
And I would go back there with my friend Debbie a few times and like drink wine and watch the kittens play. And then we noticed we were getting bug bites and we're like, wow, there must be mosquitoes back here. I know there's some like standing water or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it was fleas because I got fleas after that uh, twice. I somehow brought them inside to my own cats and that was a fucking nightmare. So watch out for fleas. Um, also, I called a uh, someone recommended me uh, a person who does TNR yeah. trap, neuter, and release, and she came and she was really great. Um, there were only there were six kittens at first, and then there were only three, and it had been raining a lot it, at that time. And one of the rescue people I was working with was like, "Yeah, the kittens probably drowned." I was like, "Jesus!" Oh my god! So, no, none of mine have drowned. I've been out. checking them, checking on them. They're all as of yesterday. After the biggest rainstorm um, yesterday, I saw all five still. They're all they're all still fine, and it hasn't rained super hard since then. It's been just like light rain, so they shall not drown on my watch like the night that it was raining really really hard i went out there in like a raincoat and rain boots and like pushed open the shed door and made it like a little you know luring food trail so that way they would realize they could go in somewhere dry and sleep um and i put down like some towels and stuff and then when i came down in the morning all the food was gone and the towels were all ruffled and whatever so i'm pretty sure they had gone in there to sleep well, that's nice. Shelter is key. Yeah. So she helped me. Um, she helped me trap them. She brought over a big trap, but it sounds like you might not even need to do that. Um, and it took a while to get the bomb because she was very yeah. smart, very yeah. smart lady. But eventually she was able to trap the mom, uh, get her spayed and return her to the wild. And three of the kittens got adopted and two of them now have an Instagram account and I get to follow them on Instagram. <laughs> That's so cute. From from garbage cat to influencer. It's a real Horatio Alger story. <laughs> so on the subject of cats, um, I just got a new cat recently. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty fun watching the cats uh, interact. The little one, her name is Pugsley Adams. Uh, she came with that name. The rescuer rescued a bunch of little black and white kitties and named them all after the Adams family. <laughs> and I was like trying to think of a better name for her, but you know, it too much time went by and it just kind of stuck. But um, she was about six months old when I got her. Now she's about nine months old. She's got a really funny meow. It's like more of a squeak. Uh, she likes to play fetch, which is weird. I've never had a cat that plays fetch she's before. A dog cat kind of like a little yeah like a a cog if you will a little added value to this pet um she's very sweet but she's annoying um like most kittens are i i kept her in the bathroom for the first like month that i had her because i was trying to do it right where you introduce the cats very gradually kind of let them smell each other through the door i don't know i don't know if it worked like frida still fucking hates her but it might have been worse (laughs) if i hadn't done it that way um, she wants to be friends with Frida so bad, but Frida's like, fuck off. You're annoying. And I get it. Like, she is <laughs> annoying. Um, but Frida also likes being the center of attention at all times. Um, and one funny thing that happened as a result of me keeping her in the bathroom is now whenever I sit on the toilet, she tries to jump up in my lap. So really, that was the gift that I'm giving. <laughs> 
Oh, blessed kittens. Kittens. That's, I have this, like, tick. That's how yeah. I say kittens. I'll be like, kittens, kittens. That's, that's how I say it. <laughs> that's rock and roll. I guess. Kittens, but make it I, punk. I, I, is that punk so, or is it yeah, just creepy? Maybe. Kittens. You did, you did the horns. You did the horns yeah, when you said sure. it. So yeah, it was, maybe it's, maybe it's metal. It's more like a meatwad uh, kind I, of re- thing. Like Aqua Teen. Kittens. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try that on my cats and see if they like it. <laughs> Frida likes listening to music. It's really cute. Like whenever I place the music, she like perks her little ears up. Oh. Listens. The little the little one is just crazy. I don't know what she's doing. Uh, Frida's got a bitch face. That's how I can tell them apart because they're both tuxedo cats. Frida's bigger and she's got a bitch face. The little one just has kind of a crazy face. But um, I recently got insurance. For my cats, so that's uh, pretty exciting. It's way better than human insurance. It costs like 15 bucks a month and covers 80% of everything once you meet the yearly deductible, which is like $200. So it seems like a pretty good deal. I realized um, there's pretty much no limit to the amount of money that I would pay <clears throat> to keep Frida alive. So... I figured I might as well yeah. get the pet insurance, save myself some cash. The other one, there's a hard limit to the amount that I would pay to keep her alive. So <laughs> the insurance is like probably the reason she's going to live. So, yeah, <laughs> things are pretty crazy over here. Over here in Catland. Yeah, the, the cats have mm-hmm. brought much joy. I, I Yeah, it's there are two of the kittens in particular that are really floofy fluffy but i i there's i can't help it i say like floofy when i see them it's floof. it's floof it's floof. a real thing um and there are two of them that look almost identical one is a little bit fatter than the other one but they're floofy in, in the same way and their coloring's the same and they're always like peeking up together out of like bushes and um tackling around flopping around and fighting each other and stuff so i, w- I want to try and keep them together and adopt them both um, I got really close to catching them, those two and a third one that hangs with them a lot, uh, the other day, but they got, I lured them into the cat carrier and they were all eating in there, crammed in, and I was gonna, like, shut the door, because they're old enough now to be weaned, start getting weaned from mom, they're, like, five weeks, I found out, um, and I went to, like, shut the door, but I, like, stumbled, and it gave them just enough of a, of a window to dart out of there. I didn't want to like, you know, grab them or scare them even more. So, and risk like alienating them from me totally. So I just let them go and going to try again. I'm going to keep trying. Well, good luck. If you need to, I'm sure there's a TNR person around where you live who'd be very happy. Yeah, I've I've been doing all the, all the calls and the stuff and talking to people, but it's just hard right now because of COVID people aren't like coming out to do stuff like that. So I have to do it myself, but I, I know how to do it. It's just going to take me some some time and some sleuthing. You'll love to see it. So speaking of pets, uh, I see you have texted me. Uh, we were you know, texting back and forth about topics. So we're going to talk about on this super fun show. Uh, apparently Gary Busey has a new show where he is the pet judge. <laughs> Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> okay. So this information came across my desk last week. Um, 
I mean, it is it is what it sounds like. The show is called Gary Busey Pet Judge, and apparently it's going to be on Amazon Prime. And it's basically like a Judge Judy style show, but all of the disputes are pet related, and uh, it looks absolutely insane. Like I've seen like a preview for it where he's looks like he's wearing some kind of like crooked toupee or something, and he looks like he's wasted and. I feel like it has to be scripted in some way, like it, almost like it's a satire or something. It can't be serious. Like, it can't be a serious show, but it is... He's not a serious no, man. No, he's not. So it's like, but whoever came up with this idea is absolutely flippin' genius. Like, it's crazy. Whoever came up with, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the best thing I've ever heard. I can't, I don't usually watch things on Amazon because I try not to fuck with Amazon, but I may have to break, to break my boycott to, to watch Gary Busey Pet Judge. I may have to. I don't think anyone would be mad at you. I mean, what a time to be alive. I mean, indeed. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Frida dragged Pugsley to court over some bullshit that she's been doing she's like this cat's been stealing my food she's really fucking annoying she attacks my tail when i'm trying to nap gary Busey, help me out <laughs> yeah maybe you should um find out do some research and see if you can submit to be on gary Busey pet judge i mean imagine yeah that could be my big yeah, break that that could be it i mean if i get these floofies in here I'm going to, and there's a way to submit. I'm, I'm, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be trying. Hell yeah. I believe in <laughs> you. Uh, my boss, Sam Cedar, actually used to direct a show that Gary Busey was, it was like some kind of Gary Busey vehicle. He's told us some fun stories about how he used to fuck with them and stuff. I don't know if I'm authorized to share them. What? You glitched out for a second. Uh, my boss, Sam Cedar, yeah. used to... I believe he was the director of a Gary Busey show. There was, like, kind of some scripted semi-reality shit, and he's told us some funny stories about how he used to fuck with him. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you gotta. Yeah, I mean, I Gary Busey seems like a a hilarious person to spend any amount of time with in any capacity. One could only, one should only be so lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam's got like a million fake email addresses that he sends emails from, but maybe I should cut that up. Maybe that's a secret. I don't know. He's a, he's a fucker. He's a fuck with her. Um, you don't want to be on the business end of that. Um, what else? What else has been happening that is funny? Um, Lena Dunham friend of the show uh <laughs> recently went on tv and claimed that the last time she tried poppers it made her eat a whole cheesecake and i was just like what <laughs> like did you eat it with your butt like that's not how poppers work <laughs> yeah i mean i try to pay attention to lena dunham as as little as possible but of course, you know, that, that tidbit came across my desk as well, gave me some real good laughs. I mean, it's just blatant lies. You've, you've never done poppers before Lena Dunham. If you 
claim that they made you eat a whole cheesecake. You don't want to eat when you're on poppers. You want to have anal sex times. Or laugh and fall around on the floor for a few seconds until it passes. That's it. You don't want to eat. You certainly don't want to eat a cheesecake. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Nope. Cheesecake and anal. Classic combo? No, I think not. I think not. Oh, yeah. She's, she's an embarrassing person. <laughs> I kind of... That New Yorker article kind of made me feel bad for her for a second. But then I was like, I nah. Never, I didn't never feel There's, bad for her. Nope. I, I only have so much empathy to go around and there are other people who deserve yeah. it more. Um, speaking, speaking of people we feel very little empathy for, um, our other friends of the show, Elon Musk and Grimes... <laughs> Had a baby, so Mazel Tov to them. Mazel Tov. Uh, yeah, Kyle is supposedly the pronunciation of like X E A dash O one two or whatever the fuck they named it as a placeholder name. What? Sure. I've heard the pronunciation is Why not? Kyle. Um, it's a Welsh I name. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with those two. Like. I hate Elon way more than I hate Grimes. I don't even really hate Grimes. I just kind of detest the fact that she's a class traitor and, um, like, in the bad way, in the way that's not cool. Um, and... Well, to be fair, she was not exactly working class That's to true, with. but, I mean, she's literally with... I mean, she, he's a billionaire, so he, she, is, she is a class traitor regardless. Even if she was middle class... She still is now in, like, the billionaire class by proxy. So that's, like, annoying. I mean, whatever. If, if he, if he, no, no, I just, I just hate the whole thing. I hate him. He's a grifter, and, like, he's not even smart or good at his job. He didn't even invent Tesla. He's 1,000% full of shit. And he's just an annoying troll in every way. Um, he's also hideous. And I don't understand what the appeal is for Grimes, um, at all, uh, and the fact that they decided to procreate is just mind-blowing to me. Um, I, I hate it, but it's also really funny, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. And we need that we right do. now. You know? Like, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Everyone's a bleeding-heart liberal until they meet a billionaire who can take them to space. And she really was quite the bleeding heart liberal before. I mean, it shows you how good, like how much liberalism means. Do you, do you with, think I guess, she knew but. about the about the COVID before the rest of us knew? Because that album that she put out alludes to a lot of things that we're seeing happen and play out in the world now. This is a conspiracy discussion that I've had with some friends. Um, so obviously, this is all alleged. Mm. I have no. There's no proof that she knew but um i mean if you look into it if you look into some of the lyrics and the themes of her, her latest album and uh and the and even the advertisements that she was doing that are like really uh kind of apocalyptic really i don't know it's it seems sus to me i'm like hmm hmm but we'll never know 
What did she know when? I feel like billionaires do get to know shit that the rest of us don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's totally within the realm of possibility that Grimes knew. Hashtag Grimes knew. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, you know, there was no shortage of uh, signs of the apocalypse before this happened. That's true. That's true. I mean, maybe it's just pure coincidence that she happened to be in a long-term committed relationship with one of the most uh, well-known billionaire tech nerds, futurists, whatever people on the planet at the exact moment when all these things were colliding. I mean, sure, that could be a coincidence. I'm sure it had nothing to do with what inspired her album. (laughs) Climate change, but make it fun. That's what she said in one of the interviews. I like Grimes. I gotta say, she's like a problematic fave of mine. Uh, I will probably, like that last album, what's it called? I don't know, the one with all the cool music videos. I put that on once in a while when I need to get some like girl power or whatever. But like, I've, my colleague Matt Leck has described her as white girl Kanye, mm. which I think is very mm-hmm, apt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't begrudge her from an artistic standpoint in any way. Like, she's obviously very, you know, creative and talented and has done a lot of cool stuff. It's just, it's never been my thing anyway. So it really wasn't hard for me to like, I've always been kind of, I've always sort of suspected her of being disingenuous and like, just not really what she seems Um, and, and also on top of it, I just have never cared for the music at all. Like I just, it's like infantilized, like the way she, the baby voice she sings in and all that stuff. I just, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. It's just a personal preference. So, so for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, well, making fun of Grimes is like par for the course. Like I don't really care, you know, it's kind of convenient that she turned out to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, um, Grimes's mom recently got in on the phone. Oh, yeah. That was, that was excellent. Because, like, he's been tweeting all this dumb shit. Like, don't even get me started on his, like, fake-ass Marxism. Right? He's, he's claiming... He claimed that uh, Marx was a capitalist. He even wrote a book about it, which is, like... Um, was Frederick Douglass pro-slavery because he wrote a book about slavery? Like Elon Musk is seriously—he's uh, an idiot. He's not a smart person. No, and he's like supposed to be this big science guy or whatever. But uh, he recently forced his workers to go back mm-hmm. to work before they were supposed to, <laughs> and against the rules, against the law. And now he's like trying to curry favor with Trump. Because, you know, he gets a lot of his money from government contracts. So did you see that video? This goes to show you. video that Brace did where he was like, I accept your offer to, to be arrested. Like, I'm going to citizens arrest you. Did you see that? From the True Anon account? No. Oh, my God. It's so funny. He did it from the True Anon account. He, like, quote tweeted Elon Musk's um, tweet saying, like, we're going to be reopening... Um, and if any, if anyone gets arrested, I ask that it be me. And so Brace made like a video where he was like, you know, fully, 
he's kind of impersonating some kind of like <laughs> weird like libertarian slash like uh like like I don't even know how to describe it. Like Enya listening. I don't even know. Cause he talks about like, uh, how do I explain it? He's wearing a cowboy hat and he's got his like gun holster on and he's like using this weird accent where he's like, yes, sir. I do believe I will get on the road and come down and arrest you shortly. And like, <laughs> I, I can't do a brace because only brace can do brace, but you should watch it. It's, I laughed so hard. I watched it over and over and over again. It was Incredible, incredible content, high class content from from Brace Belden. As to be expected, I've only met him once, but my first impression was he's an extremely funny yeah, guy. Yes. So, um, so Grimes's mom also got in on the fun, right? Because he was uh, he tweeted like, "Take the red pill," and then he put a rose emoji, which is just confusing. And, you know, the red pill is, like, from The Matrix. Uh, Callback, The Matrix. Mm -hmm. uh, But it's been, like, appropriated by men's rights people. And Grimes' mom tweeted, in a since-deleted tweet, she said, If your partner went through a challenging pregnancy and childbirth in the last two weeks, and you were over 16 years old, would you be blaring MRA bullshit on Twitter right now? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was like, owned. I mean, if, you're, if your name is Elon okay, Musk, I'm like, yes, absolutely. That's what you would be doing. Did you also see that, um, what's her name? Not Ivanka. Yeah, Ivanka, Ivanka, the daughter, the Trump daughter. What's her name? Yeah. Ivanka. 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 She, like, quote tweeted that tweet saying, like, taken. Like, she took the red pill. And then yeah, yeah. the, and then the fucking, um, Wachowski, Lily, Lily Wachowski, who's like the writer and director or whatever of, of, uh, or producer of The Matrix, and who is a trans woman, replied to both of them saying, fuck you both. And uh-huh. it was like. Resistance Twitter strikes again. I mean, it was pretty good though. I mean, that's, I mean, it. it that's like art that's like high art it's like you have Ivanka Trump Elon Musk and Lily Wachowski (laughs) Wachowski whatever all in one two three and it's like it's just it's just so I was I was I was my my brain just continued to break even even further just when you think your brain can't break anymore you know it does it does yeah, that is a running theme. <laughs> so I have a very good segue that I found into talking about Queen Fiona. Uh, and that is, I just read the New Yorker article about Fiona Apple, which is very good. Highly recommend it. And there is a correction in there at the bottom where it says, a previous version of this article mistakenly included Grimes in a list of artists who debuted as teenagers. That's an interesting tidbit. I guess I always assumed that Grimes was a teenager when she debuted also because she sounds like a 12-year-old to me, but... She's, yeah, she's like a woman child. Who knows? She could be like 100 years old for all we know. She's just like uh, got robot parts that keep her young forever. Yeah, I could see it. I don't know. I could see it. 
robot parts from Japan. <laughs> oh, Fiona. Now there is uh, a queen worth defending. Yes. Yes. Let's get all the way into it. I was very excited to have a new Fiona Apple album to listen to in all of this mess because she really does seem like she's beamed in from a different era. Like she comes from an old timey showbiz family. Uh, She got arrested for hash when she was on tour and spent the night in jail where she sang for everyone. (laughs) Like that's some Johnny Cash shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's a baddie. I was also excited to, like, it's always nice when I see uh, some music that I liked when I was a teenager, some artist that is also enjoyable for me as an adult, because I cannot say that about everything that I liked as a teenager. Yeah, totally. And, you know, Fiona Apple, for me, when I was a teenager, I got into her when I was like, I don't know, probably not until I was like 18, 19 or so. So like a little bit late, I think, a little, or maybe around when the pawn little right after when the pawn maybe when did that come out 2004 or something like that um like that and she was the only like female singer songwriter like whatever from that whole like late 90s early 2000s era of stuff that I ever liked at all I mean it took me way way longer to embrace any anything like even like you know Tori Amos and stuff like that like that wasn't it just didn't click with me when I was a teenager at all I was just because I was into like hardcore and like emo and stuff like that so I just was in goth shit like the cure I wasn't I wasn't listening to fucking Tori Amos but for some reason Fiona Apple just like got me you know there's just something in her delivery in her voice in her approach that was like just darker and angrier and grittier and sharper you know more feral and um, I've just always loved her. Like, she's, she's like an iconic kind of like Joan of Arc figure in my mind. Yeah, same. Like, she really transcends genre. Because, like, done badly, you know, the same kind of thing could easily be like fucking Amanda Palmer or something with all the little uh, old-timey, like, jazzy showbiz kind of flourishes. Yeah. Or, like, banging on pots and pans, like, ugh, get out of here with your Tom Waits nonsense. But, right. uh, you know, not, not to open up a can of worms <laughs> or anything. I get real mad about that one. But I do understand. I understand the aesthetic. Yeah, I get it. But, yeah, no, she, but she just doesn't, it's, she doesn't, she doesn't have those vibes. Like, those people, like, Amanda Palmer, Tom Waits, like, that whole thing, that's, like, that's like uh, steampunk vibes almost, you know? It's like people that are really into steampunk and like yeah. Bukowski or whatever, like they love that shit. But like that's not that's not the Fiona Apple mm-hmm. vibe in any way. It's not her aesthetic. It's not her energy. Like it's just not. Like it's just like, oh, like she just, yeah, comes from a kind of more traditional jazzy, bluesy show biz, whatever, like you were saying. But she's got a totally different approach. She uses, she uses similar references and tools, I guess, but her approach is wildly different. And the results, I just feel like could not be further away from something like Tom Waits, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, Tom Waits fans. Yeah, men always get mad at me about your fedora. this. We don't men care. Men get so mad at me about Tom Waits and Pink Floyd. Tom Waits and Pink Floyd. It's like, shut yeah. up. I don't care. You can't. You're not going to. I will never like it. I don't care. I don't fucking care. <laughs> mm-hmm. So before we get further and deeper into the very deep oeuvre of Fiona Apple, I thought it might be fun to talk about what music you listen to in your teenhood that holds up the most. What holds up the least? Maybe you've had perfect taste forever. But I am from the suburbs, and I have not. However, um, I think probably the two that have turned out that I like really loved when I was a teen that I still would stand by now, Fiona Apple, obviously, and Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Recently got a chance to see Nine Inch Nails. It was super good. Everyone was my age or older. There were a few like little cute teen goths here and there, but... Uh, Fucking Trent Reznor is an amazing songwriter as well. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm, I'm not gonna. I don't want to say anything about Nine Inch Nails because people get mad about that too. I do like Nine Inch Nails. I do. I just it's a little bit overrated to me, but that's just me. As a producer, I think he's more more talented than as a songwriter. But uh, yeah, for me, the things that held that have held up are the cure obviously i mean nothing nothing Word. has gone bad about that um i would also s- oh yeah oh yeah i'm I'll, like I, I should i should caveat it that um stuff that was from before i was a kid like obviously holds up right i think like stuff i listened to like from the 80s or whatever but stuff that was like very much of the 90s of all of that, I think Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. So I guess with that parameter set, um, Fiona, cursive, um, Thursday in my mind still holds up, but I'm just the ultimate stand. Um, well, yeah. Thursday's great. What else? I mean, there's a lot actually that holds up. I just have to think about it more. Um, Interpol that holds up. Um, Fuck yeah! I will be listening to Interpol in the old folks' home. I don't care that their lyrics are dumb. No. Who cares? It's not about the lyrics. It's just about the rhythm section. Um, the Killers, Hot Fuss, that album, perfect album, mm-hmm. perfect debut. That still, that's a classic. Has become a classic. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that hold up. I think um, Britney Spears course she was the, the first concert comrade, comrade Brittany. Brittany. She was the first concert i ever saw was her opening for in sync when i was in like fifth grade or something and you nice. know um i continue to i continue to stand Brittany forever like i got got nothing bad to say about Brittany. other than i wish that they would free her free Brittany. seriously um when the revolution comes, freeing Britney will be a oh, high yeah, priority. Oh, yeah, we're freeing Britney. Also, did you see that she burned down her gym? Yeah, what? she just burned down her gym, I think. What a I flex. Mean, I, she, she, we found out about this because she uh, was on, like, Instagram Live, I think, and was like, yeah, I'm, like, working out at my house today because I burned down my gym. Whoops. Like, uh, like it was just, like, a blip. 
But yeah, apparently there was a fire in her gym and because she had candles going or something while she was working out. I mean, <laughs> sounds very Britney. Like, well done, queen. Maybe she just didn't want to work out anymore. Oh, yeah. Maybe she, she was just vibing. I mean, whatever. Let her live. Mm-hmm. Let her live. Um, but yeah, those are some of the, I feel like there's a lot of things I'm missing that I'm forgetting about. But the things that don't hold up so much are like, Anything kind of like spastic, screamo, like the Blood Brothers, I cannot listen to now without feeling like it's cats screech, screeching in my ears, and I don't know how I ever listen to it. Like, it, I can it's, it's like, you. it's still cool to be like, yeah, the Blood Brothers, but actually listening to the Blood Brothers now, I, I don't believe that anyone still does it. Like, I don't, I don't believe it. Um, yeah, they're all right. I mean, I like cats. I mean, but so. it's like the piercing, the bad sounds that cats make. The, I'm not going to do, you know, it's yeah. bad. Um, and like metalcore shit, but I was never really that into that. But that stuff doesn't hold up unless we're talking about Converge, which absolutely holds up forever. Um, but that's not really metalcore, I don't think. Um, yeah, a lot of that like kind of niche of, of the time, of the moment stuff, you know, didn't doesn't really... I can't really listen to it anymore without being like slightly mortified, but you know. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of those as well. Um, I was a big Marilyn Manson fan and I hold that Marilyn Manson made a couple of good albums, but uh, he's kind of fallen off. I don't know. He's kind of silly. literally fallen off. I know. I see off that stage or something. Oh, um, I was there at, the concert where the giant guns fell on him whoa which you were present yeah, for that uh, you know i i i was there when history <laughs> happened and uh, it wasn't a great show before that anyway um my friend used to sleep with one of the roadies for Marilyn manson and he got us free tickets to the concert so thank you friend um Tool, I still like Tool. I listened to their new album on Acid and Joshua Tree, and that was wonderful. Um, but I don't want to die on the hill of defending Tool. It's fine if you don't like Tool. I get it. Um, but the thing that, that, that least holds up, I think, that I was a big, big fan of was uh, Mindless Self-Indulgence. I think you kind of, you really age out of liking that band as soon as you turn 18. Hot take. Yeah. I'm sure people are going to get mad I was at me. never into that, really. I had a boyfriend who was, and he, like, tried to get me into that sort of, that side of things, and I was just like, no, I'm not. I, I shan't. It's super weird because I'm, like, still, fr- I'm friends on social media with Jimmy Urin's wife, and they just had twins together, and all of her Facebook posts are, like, very like oh schmoopy i love you so much you're such a good dad blah 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 i'm like this is the guy who made out with 13 year olds when i was also 13 like a, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless his first kiss was what? jimmy urine when he was like 12 so it's kind of it's kind of funny to see him in that context what? oh yeah that was like his thing so he's a pedophile uh yeah you know what i i've never heard it put in quite those terms but uh yeah (laughs) now that i think about it 
And, you know, he thought it was really awesome at the time. He's like, I just made out with Jimmy Urine. It's so cool. But now he's like, actually, maybe an adult man should not be making out with 12-year-olds. Yeah, that's called pedophilia. Yeah. And we're against it. uh, So cool. So mindless self-indulgent guy is a pedophile, allegedly, I guess. I guess allegedly has to be thrown in there. But that's, that's news. Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> it's old news but no no one ever talks this about is, there it there are a lot of pedophiles in the music weird. In the music biz it was uh it was weird it was a weird thing um also i would be remiss if i moved on from this section without talking a little bit about courtney love because i i loved hole i loved hole so much when i was a teen and i still love those earlier albums but her later stuff maybe not so much she also seems like a nightmare person you know what i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go on the record defending courtney love to a certain capacity as a person because i missed i was too young when she when hole was a thing to i mean i got into hole at later as an adult so i wasn't that wasn't like timely for my for my like age bracket but um i'm gonna be annoying and name drop i have spent some time in the past with Courtney Love and I found her to be quite lovely. I I really like her as a person actually. She's that much more chill than Well that I mean chill's not the right word, but she's much more uh approachable and like kind of normal than you would think. I mean, she's huh. she's not like a mean like psychotic person in like interactions, you know? Like she I mean, maybe she used to be when she was younger and on drugs or I don't, or I don't, maybe I just caught her on some good days, but, but I, I like Courtney Love. I like her personality in my experience. Well, that's very nice to hear. Maybe I do want, because I'm like, I, she's just one of those idols you don't want to meet, but maybe I do want to meet her. I mean, I'm sure other people have like, uh, other experiences, but she's pretty close with one of my best friends and, um, that's how I met her was through through yeah through that friend through Yasi and um, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Yasi! Um, I wrote her a song this morning because she's always wanted me to do that, and I finally did it. Uh, she loves she loves a, she loves a Cute. shout out. She she loves a podcast, so she'll be very pleased. Um, shout out, Yassi. shout out! Oh, you're like my mom. My mom likes to write people raps on their birthdays. And it's the most adorable thing oh my ever. God. I, this is actually not something that I that I do. It's something that Yasi has been kind of jokingly harassing me to do for years and years and years. Like she's, you know, whenever I'm working on an album or something, she'll be like, "Where's the song that's about me? Like, where's my song?" You know, and like just kind of in a funny, funny fake nagging way. And so since I can't physically see her today and like really do much for her i figured you know what i'm gonna just gonna write her a little ditty finally um so i did that but anyway um i met courtney through yasi and uh yeah i mean she was she was fucking cool man i don't know what else to say well that's good i'm glad to hear it I will not argue with you with you because I don't know her. Maybe she's like one of those friends who's better in real life than they are on social media. Yeah, like media. me. I got some friends yeah, like that. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. 
No, on Stop social it. media, though, people, you know, you either love me or you hate me. But it, when I, I, when people... You're like a reality show contestant. Right. Like, well, with, when people actually know me, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite as whatever, I think. is. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Your posts are good. Your posts are very good. I, I endorse your posts. I mean, I am also a poster, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I love to post. I've been posting most of my life, you know, message boards, chat rooms, MySpace, Makeout Club, you know, like, that, that post, I, I post, therefore I am. You heard it here first, folks. We're pro, we're pro posting here at the Antifada. I always, I, I feel a little bit bad because I got Sean into Twitter for the first time when he was like a 36-year-old man. And since then, he's become extremely online and even spread some like Twitter stuff to the guys uh, on the job with him on the construction site who like don't even know what Twitter is, which is like funny slash alarming. <laughs> so... It is what it is. I created a monster, but he seems like he's having fun with it. Yeah, I literally just had to. After I said that, I was like, you know what? I have to tweet that. That's like a perfect post. I have to post. I post. Therefore, I am. So that's. I just did that real quick. It's like you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. You know. You gotta just get it out there. You can't sit on. You can't sit on it too long. I'm not. I don't believe in drafts. You know. I have a lot of friends who every now and then will post screenshots of all their drafts, and I'm like. Why not just hit send? If you're going to post them all in a screen cap later anyway, like why not just why not just put them out in the moment? Like that's what posting is all about. When you start planning and plotting and scheduling mm-hmm. the posting, then that now I that's hate lame. that. I hate that stuff. Might as well get a fucking personal brand consultant. Right? The world is ending. Tweet your drafts, out your crushes, folks. Just, 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 just get it lose. done. Just get her done. Just get out there. It's fine. Well, not everyone is as naturally charming and cool as That's you. True. So, <laughs> just kidding. So, speaking of women with a public image, let's talk about Fiona. I love her so much. She really, uh, I think I really felt a kinship with her when I was an angsty, bullied teenager. Um, I mean, the, the mental illness, I do not romanticize it in music now. But I think as a teen, like all teens, being a teen is a little like being mentally ill. Yeah. Because you just feel, you're feeling so many feelings at all times. I related to her on that level. I really liked it when she uh, won the VMA and got up and did her speech. Like, this world is bullshit. Hell yes. It is bullshit. Like, she was telling the truth. Um, A lot of the things that she got, uh, that people got mad at her for was just her telling the truth that she was right. Like, even quoting Maya Angelou, they're like, oh, fuck her. Like, Maya Angelou is one of the greatest American writers. She's good as fuck. Like, God forbid someone would want to quote her. I mean, that was a very different, that was a rough-ass time, I think, too, to to be a musician, to be a female musician, to be somebody who was 
you know, willing to have your their own thoughts and express them freely with, you know, it was like, and also to be a teenager and to be uh, fam- famous and all that. I mean, there, there were just, it was just a really weird, I mean, all time is weird. What is time? Time, who cares? It's a construct, right? But uh, I think she got a really bad shake in a lot of ways, you know. Um, I saw this, I saw this review that someone did um, that was like, I am the one person who does not like this album. And it was really well written, and I'm certainly not here to like shade that person who wrote it. But they they talked a, they talked a bit about how um, you know that Fiona's lyrics in this in this newest record she says things like I resent you for being raised right, I resent you for being tall, I resent you for something something not having any opposition at all. And this writer kind of framed it as if like Fiona was someone who never had any opposition because she was like attractive by society standards. And I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting wow. thing to say about someone who was yeah. raped when they were 13 and who like was absolutely destroyed by critics and the media and like all peers and all kinds of people for her entire career basically, no matter what she did. Like it's pretty it's a pretty ballsy thing to say just because like what you're mad that she's prettier than you? Like that I was like girl Trash. but I mean that was the only part of it that I was got a little I was like do am I going to go at, am I going to am I going to get the sword out but I decided to put the sword away but uh and Fiona Apple is not like a rich no. kid like her family was like I would I would say she grew up middle class in New York City when that was still a right. thing yeah, she's she's not poor. Like they but were she's not. working. They were working artists right. and musicians. Yeah, no, no conventionally attractive woman has ever been made to suffer in the public eye, like uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, what what was she whining about? She fucking killed herself. That uh, that stupid I bitch. Know. It's just like it's just like art is not. It's not about the fucking you know the Olympics of oppression. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, there are some types of people who have enormous advantages and therefore it becomes a lot easier for them to get themselves into positions of like having lots of opportunities and connections and it's easier for them to have the time and the money and the mental stability and whatever to make art. I mean, that's a real thing. But somebody who is just like pretty much average middle class, had weird worker artist families, like, you know, and was violently assaulted when they were a child and, and had all these, you know, mental illness, eating disorder, all these things. And like, it's wildly talented genius. I don't think qualifies as somebody who was like, had so many advantages that their work is like, not as commendable. Like, it's just, that just doesn't really, that, that rings as, as cheap to me as a cheap, it's not really criticism. It's like, it's like just mean girl shit. Yeah, and Fiona is so honest about herself and her experiences, and there's like there's a self parody in there. Like she's self aware, yeah. she's painfully self aware. She's not like out there like, oh poor me, you know, I'm being crucified. Even though she has been treated horribly by the press and by the public, and I'm glad that she's finally getting some of the respect that she deserves. Yeah, you know, 
Like, I've always loved her. I'm pretty sure I went vegetarian in seventh grade because of the uh, PETA ad that she yeah. did around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it stuck. It stuck for a long ass time. I was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't eat animals if we love them. And like people always thought she was so cringe. And I think there's a there has to be some sexism in there. For sure. Right. Like, why? Why was she cringe? I mean, I guess because she's like a theater person or whatever. But also she was just she was sincere. Some would say embarrassingly sincere. Like it, it goes back to some of what I was talking about on my episode that I did with Simone Norman about irony and sincerity and how, um, you know, people feel pressure to be cool and detached and ironic at all yeah. times uh, and not express their feelings. Like we came up with a term corny communism. I think that's that's now my tendency that I follow. Like, it's good to be funny. It's fun to be funny. I like making jokes, doing ironies. But uh, it's also, like, I got some feelings and I got some anger. And, I'm, like, I, I really like the line where she's, like, pissed off, funny, and warm. Like, that's how somebody described yeah. her. And, like, yeah, like, you can be pissed off and funny and warm. Like, you don't have to choose. Like, being a human involves all of those things at various points in time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's, I think that's what appeals to me about her as well. Like, she, you know, not to quote this very, very tired quote, but she contains multitudes, you know, like, uh, and that's relatable. I mean, you don't, you can't just, nobody is just one thing. And if you are just one thing, then that means you've just become a brand. And sorry, I'm just not interested in that. Like, I don't, I don't care how, you know, irony, like cool your brand is. If that's all that you do, and you are, like, terrified of anyone perceiving you in a way that is, you know, genuine or earnest or, you know, upset or something in any way, then you're just, you've just become a, a brand. You're just brand, you're just, that's, that's not being, like, a whole authentic person, I don't think. And I, don't, I also don't think it's very interesting. It's, like, pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a period of my life when I was trying really hard to be cool. Uh, say, like, college, I dated this indie rock dude who, like, made me... Like, I used to dress like a fucking Hot Topic mall goth, which, you know, uh, definitely... I mean, I still do to some degree, but, like, he changed the way I dressed. Like, I, I changed a lot of things about myself because I wanted him to like me. And then, you know, I graduated from college into... <clears throat> In uh, 2007, which was still very much like the reign of uh, early aughts vice in New York mm-hmm. media. So I was trying to be like a cool girl and a chill girl and like, oh, I'm going to blend in and I'm a journalist and just not talk about myself because that's annoying. Uh, but and, and like not care about stuff. But I, I don't think I was fooling anyone. And uh I, I, I quickly learned that that wasn't really who I was or who I wanted yeah. to be. Not that I'm not cool or whatever, but as we've discussed before, cool's a moving target. <laughs> and I don't want to sound like your mom, but sometimes the coolest thing is just being yourself. <laughs> I agree. And Fiona Apple Hell yeah. is naturally just cool. 
Yep. It's cool to care about shit now. Sorry, guys. We won. The people who care about stuff won. Um, the person who taught everyone it wasn't cool to care about stuff is now an open fascist, as we've spoken about before oh, Gavin. on this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe, uh, maybe that wasn't such a good road to go down <laughs> in the first place. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, let's talk about this New Yorker article a little bit. I didn't read it. There were some really good tidbits in there. Well, here are some fun tidbits from the New Yorker article. Um, I mean, you probably know she had dogs on the album, of which course. is super cute. Yeah. She also she played her dead dog's boats as an instrument, which is like. Yeah, I changed real. my Twitter handle for like a week to dog. The dog percussionist has logged on, or the dog coffin. The dog coffin percussionist has logged on. <laughs> that was my. The guy wished handle for a while. Dog coffin percussionist. Nice, I mean, nice. you can't make this shit up. <laughs> nope. Um, I wish I were that comfortable with death. I think if I want to psychoanalyze myself, maybe being a goth was my effort to try to get comfier with it. I don't know how much it worked. Still, really do not like the idea that I'm going to die someday. Uh, just try not to think about it for the most part. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty cool with it. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm jealous. Um, what are some other details? Her life is just like, it seems like a normal person. Like any, if any of us were thrown into the deep end like that, when she got her first record deal when she was 17. Like she looks back on some things and she's like, uh, and she's like angry at the world, but also like has a sense of humor about herself. Like she's like, oh, looking at some of these old lyrics I wrote, it was like, oh, I was trying to be a writer. Right. This is like a young person. But, you know, that's how you get better. You try stuff. You take risks. You're not afraid to look like an asshole in front of people. And I really respect that about her. Um, she, she kind of dislikes the ways that she was sexualized as a young artist. I think the reaction to the criminal video was not not what she expected. She probably wasn't ready for that. She was shot by Terry Richardson mm-hmm. for like some early spin article. She probably feels weird about that. She uh, she dated David That's Blaine. That's a weird one. And then later saw him. No, it's super weird. And then later she saw him in Jeffrey Epstein's <gasps> black book, and she's like, Jesus! Oh my god. I really should read this yeah. New Yorker article. Is this the one where she talks about how um, the reason why she stopped doing cocaine is because of this horrible experience she had with Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> yes, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, I can totally see her, like, hanging out at Quentin Tarantino's house with him and P.T. Anderson, and they're just, like, bragging and bragging, and she's like, ugh, ugh I'm never doing coke again. Like, oh, yeah. I get it. Maybe, maybe I should go have that experience because coke is bad and you shouldn't it's, do it but every once in a while just fucking comes along I know. it's a hell of a drug and indeed <laughs> uh, what else she used to sleep over at Mia Farrow's house she was friends with one of her kids and she'd see Woody Allen there and she's like that, that so was she's weird she's been around all of the like the big perverts like she spent time in all the pervert circles <laughs> 
It's fucking crazy. Wild. And and she briefly dated Louis C.K. And yeah. And they were, you know, they stayed friends after that. But then she like bonded with another one of his exes and kind of realized that he was a piece of shit. And then like she really thought like all of us did that maybe, maybe he would be the first guy to get me too who actually looked within himself and changed and learned and came out of it on the other end. But he didn't. So after she saw that, uh, that terrible stand-up set where he's just like, I'm just fully a piece of shit now. I'm leaning into it. Uh, she wrote him a note. And one of the things she said in it was, I shake when I have to think and write about myself. It's scary to go there, but I go there. He is so weak. And I'm like, God damn it. That's so true. Like, fuck men who don't want to deal with their feelings or with themselves. Whoa. Damn, she... That is a that is a really powerful and true statement. I mean, like, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to uh, to face yourself and to into God help me for saying this. Do the work, but uh, you got to do it, man. Otherwise, you just become like a you know a blob person or whatever, and that's not interesting. Change is good. Yeah. Yup. It takes like so many of the things that she has on that album. They take bravery. Like just admitting, I want you to love me. Uh, that song, that song me. is really incredible. That song, that's the one for me, really. Like even it's the first track too. So it was like really hard for me to just like keep listening. Cause I just wanted to play it over and over again. But uh, that song is, uh, I don't know. It just does. It does something to me. It feels it feels like the like when I've heard that song for the first time, it felt like hearing um, like Bob Dylan, uh, It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding, you know? It felt like hearing that for the first time, where it's almost like, not anthemic, but like almost a manifesto in some way that felt for personally designed for me, you know? And it's like, yeah. when she says like, I move with the trees and the breeze, I know that time is elastic and I know... When I go, all my particles will disband and disperse and I'll be back in the pulse, like that whole. And then she says, like, none of this will matter in the long run, but I know a sound is still a sound around no one. And it's just like, I, I'm like, are you in my head? Like, how, like, this is, it just feels so like, I don't know, it feels important. <laughs> it feels like philosophically, existentially important to me personally. And there, I know not everybody will feel that way. My eyes were, are watering for some reason. I got something in them. I'm not crying. I swear. Um, yeah, me too. I just, just got, got something, something in my eye. eye. No, but ser- seriously, I, don't I'm worried about crying. it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that song is just, it's a masterpiece. It's like one of the most moving things I've ever heard. It feels like listening to, yeah, like I said, like that Bob Dylan song for the first time or like, Nina Simone, like, um, please don't let me be misunderstood or something, you know, like it, that's the canon that it, yeah. that it falls into for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cried a couple of times listening. To oh, hell album. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I think anytime, I mean, anytime, uh, I hear a woman expressing her anger against men, it just does something. It does something for me. It does something to me because I'm, 
you know, like weirdly enough, despite being a mouthy person and, you know, very comfortable with calling out the ghouls, the various ghouls in this world, I still have trouble getting mad at people who I care about, people who I love. And like, maybe, maybe that's why your album, uh, happy ending resonated so much for me, like as a breakup album versus the one that was actually a breakup album, because I, I get sad. Yeah. I don't usually get mad. Yeah. That record is, is and that's so funny to me that it's like a, it's like a breakup album to you. Cause it's just, I don't think any of the songs are about, are about a, a romantic relationship at all. It was like, I mean, it, for me, it's more like, I don't know, grieving a breakup is like someone died. I just can't get mad at people even when I should. Not to get too personal on the pod. Um, I really, I also liked, I mean, I liked every song on this album. The one about basically being a mouthy woman who won't shut up. Like someone wants to use his arm candy. Oh, right. Like, nope. I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to say what I think about this shit. Uh, The one about just being ignored in a relationship, you know, following you from room to room. It wasn't because I was bored. I'm like, that is also very real. That is a real human experience that many of us have had. And like, obviously, like she was the, the Kavanaugh stuff that was kind of woven in there. She was writing at the time when, you know, fucking Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed on the Supreme Court. And it just made her think about all the all the shitty things that men get away with, that people get away with. Yeah, that seems like a very universal feeling and message. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't really take from it so much like. I don't know. I mean, there is a lot of anger in there and stuff, but it didn't really feel like some kind of really angry feminist, like me too, whatever kind of record. Like it just, it actually felt like way more well-rounded and like, um, like self aware and just kind of general critique than like specific toward men. Like there are relationships that she was dealing with and processing that are obvious, but she talks a lot also, though, about, like, the dynamics between women, like, ha- hating each other for things and stuff like that. And yeah. it's just, I, I feel like it got, like, kind of critically shoehorned into the whole, like, Me Too discourse, um, sort of, uh, which I don't really think is, really has anything to do with, with what, she, with her work really at all other than other than the fact that she's a woman who was like living through the times that we're all living through and was like experiencing and observing those things too but i don't know it just well she talked about yeah, it she talked about it but in but i don't know it just doesn't feel like it feels like that's almost yeah it's almost like but it's it's yeah. more than that like that's a part of it but it's way more yeah. than that it like weaves together all of her personal experiences in a way that's like both incredibly personal, but also incredibly relatable. Like she's not just wanking off being like, yeah. look at me. Like I, I agree. It doesn't belong in like the me too, uh, corner just because that, I mean, it, I, I used to think that this movement had possibilities and there were certainly germs of it, but it's just been incredibly corrupted by 
this corporate liberal feminism, as we saw when um, fucking Time's Up told Tara Reid to go fuck herself. Right. And it turned out that the same lady was in charge of Biden's campaign. Fucking Anita Dunn. Negative shout outs to you. Thank God. Yeah, fuck all that shit. I'm just incredibly disillusioned by that entire thing. Like you, there was a time when I felt like this could be something important. And and obviously, um, you know, the woman who started it was not like Alyssa Milano or some, you know, white woman. It's Tarana Burke, I think is her first name. Tarana, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The woman who actually started Me Too, right? That's her name. Yeah. Yeah. and there was, yeah, I mean, it, there, I feel like it, there's a, there were some good things that came out of it for sure, but it, it's, it got kind of co-opted as everything does and um, used, used in ways that I don't think are aligned with like any kind of real integrity or like interest in anything other than like petty revenge and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's I'm, I'm very much in a, a, a post me to corner of feminism, whatever that is. Like I, I honestly could care less at this point. It just doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Yeah. yeah maybe we need a new, a new thing, not a hashtag. It's a new word for it. Oh yeah. I don't know. Socialist feminism. That seems pretty good. Yeah. Yep. That's. I'm. I'm. I'm a fan of socialist feminism. Can't have. You really can't have. Uh, it's all connected. It's all connected, man. Like you can't talk about gender oppression without talking about class oppression and race oppression and all the various things that are interwoven with capitalism. Totally. Yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. Um, I'm getting pretty fatigued. We've been on for like two hours. That's, yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're just about uh, done. Um, I think that's pretty good. You want to plug your album for a second? You got your uh, plugs? Oh, oh, I'm like my album. What album? Oh yeah, I did that. Uh, I released a compilation for the Bandcamp, like 100 percent of sales to artists day. The last one, which was May 1st, so it's been a, out a couple weeks now, but it's like a 13-track um, comp of, like, demos and, like, original versions of um, Wax Idol songs and solo songs and some unreleased demos that I never, like, properly, quote-unquote, recorded and a couple of covers and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's been out for a few weeks, and it's I was really blown away by the amount of support I received on that band camp day. It was like crazy um, for someone who's not, you know, despite however well known I am amongst certain circles, like I don't have a huge fan base or anything like, so uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And I'm, I was nervous to put it out because I've always been a perfectionist. I don't, I was always like, never release my demos if I die, like, rah, rah, rah. but I decided like, I don't know, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> so, so yeah, that's out. Um, and I think I'm going to do like a little audio book of my latest like poetry collection that I haven't been able to print and and get actually get made to send to people that was supposed to come out like months ago because of all this COVID stuff. Like I can't like all the print shops are closed and I can't like go anywhere, you know, to, to make them. 
I don't have that kind of equipment like just on hand. So I think I might just do an audio book of it and like give it to people for free who've already like pre-ordered the poetry chat book and then just put that on Bandcamp too for like the next one on June 1st. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I have to plug. Um, oh, and Ampled. It's that new platform. It's like a worker co-op, like artist co-op co-owned platform. It's kind of like Patreon, but there's no VC funding or anything like that. Um, it's brand new. And I'm on like a steering committee thing for it with a bunch of other artists. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. Like we, I think we talked in the last episode a little bit about like finding new models for the music business and that seems more important now than ever. Yeah, totally. And I think that there's, there are a lot of good options. There's Currents FM, there's Ample, there's Resonate. Um, yeah, I'll just send you, I have like the link tree link, you know, that has all, all the things. So I'll just send that to you you can throw it in the thing. <laughs> I will. I will indeed. And major respect. I saw, I noticed your album has a very Fiona Apple. Yeah, title. definitely inspired, inspired in a way by, by that, I think. But it's also the first, it's also a lyric from um, uh, that song Harmony in My Head by Buzzcocks. Whenever I'm in doubt about the things I do, I listen to the sound, the wailing sounds in a key or something like that. I can't remember my own title, but it's a lyric from a Buzzcocks song, <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I think this has been pretty good. I'm feeling better than I did when I woke up good. today. I tend to vacillate wildly. Uh, maybe I'll go listen to some Grimes now. Who knows? Who knows what I'm going to do? Like, we're, we're in a fucking crazy-ass time. Like, anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anything could, can is and probably will happen or happening at this point. 2020, what a year. What a shit show. Uh, yeah, like I, I was actually uh, excited to talk about some pop culture stuff today because I've just been uh, all COVID all the time and feeling like I have to do be real, be real serious and not pay attention to other shit, but... You reminded me with your wonderful Instagram videos that there is more to life. If we want to be fully expressed people, <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll talk about political economy of the crisis. And sometimes we got to dunk on Elon Musk. I mean, crimes. you know, when in Rome, we are we are in we I've always been a fan of that saying, as you know, I say it all the time when it's when it makes sense and when it doesn't make sense. It's one of my favorite expressions. And. We are literally living through the fall of the the fall of Rome right now, like the fall of basically like Western Empire, like capitalist society. <laughs> like it's it's a crumbling baby. It's happening. It's not an overnight thing, but we're we're it's we're in that time zone. So you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Drink, fuck if you can do so safely. I guess, fucking laugh. You know, just whatever you got to do to maintain and get through it. It can't just be all doom and gloom all the time. Otherwise, we may as all we may as well all, you know, just drink the fucking poison Kool Aid 
and just be done with it. Yeah, I don't know.